0: Welcome to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Welcome to another episode of The Thrive TV Show. I'm Lauren Parsons, and I'm joined today by Natalie Sisson, who's known as the suitcase entrepreneur and an extraordinary individual. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you. It's so lovely to be here. Great to have you here and we are both connecting from our individual offices during lockdown. And today we're talking all about how to be proactive versus reactive in business right now or in the perhaps post COVID-19 world that you find yourself in if you're listening in. So the three things we're gonna talk about are why you need to be proactive in business, not reactive right now, what to focus on during this pandemic to stay true to your values, and the power of rituals and routines to keep you focused on what matters. So before we get into all of that goodness, I just wanted to let people get to know you a little bit, Natalie, with this and that question. So are you ready for a quick fire round? (laughs) Yeah, can't wait. (laughs) Great, so tell me spots or stripes? Spots. Spots, okay, nice. Burgers or pizza? Pizza. Nice, German or French? German, I am half German, so I have to support.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Uh, a month without your car or a month without the internet?
1: A month without the car, just done it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be you. Hip-hop or rock? Hip-hop. Okay, nice. Indoor pool or outdoor pool? Outdoor pool. Invisibility or invincibility? Ooh, invincibility. <laughs> nice ios or
1: android well that's a good question i've got ios right now but i also like the android platform
0: okay nice Mm. and last one long nails or short nails
1: fascinating can i just say that i typically usually just cut them and let them grow um and they grow really fast but i broke one the other day without knowing and it's really hard to be on the keyboard with a short and long nail so i'm going to go with I'm going to go with short nails just because I'm active and I think it just makes
0: things more practical. Nice. Very good. Excellent. So Natalie (laughs) Sisson is an entrepreneur, a number one best-selling author, speaker, triathlete, and lifelong learner. She's on a mission to show you how to tap into your true potential, get paid to be you, and create a purpose-driven life and business and I know I've certainly learned so much from Natalie over the years and it's a real thrill to be able to connect with you here and share your goodness so do you want to just share a little bit with our listeners about what life looks like for you right now what lockdown has meant for you
1: yeah I'd love to I just wish I had your really cool background because that's kind of what (laughs) I feel like my life's looked like it's um we live on 10 acres of land and a beautiful house um, near Upper Hutt. And so lockdown for me has been literally living in a bubble of gratitude, if I'm honest, Lauren. Um, I think the first week or so was a little bit of a shock. We were actually still over in Australia. um, And it was just going through the thought process of, oh my gosh, how will our life be different? What may happen? What does this mean for the economy? What does this mean for people's health um, and well-being? But by the time we got home and then we went into isolation and then lockdown, I just was so eternally grateful for the way that we've set up our businesses actually to be really resilient for this time and i can talk about that the fact that we And no offense to anybody who has kids, because I take my hat off to all the parents who have been homeschooling, but we don't have kids. We have fur babies. So we've Mm. been living in general peace and quiet with lots of cuddles and um, lots of activity to get outside and hike and enjoy. Um, And I personally have been feeling really called to serve and more on purpose than ever. I think this has probably been my most productive and purposeful five to six week period in the last year. So for me, lockdown has been blissful which is I know not the case for everybody but that's how I've approached it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah good honesty and I think yeah I'm often like that as well flipping between just huge gratitude for all of the good things in my life and as Melissa's know, I also do have three young children so we are probably having a little more busyness and juggling several balls but I think everyone's been affected differently haven't they Mm. so I know that you are a big fan of being Proactive. So tell us about why we need to be proactive, not reactive, and what that means.
1: Yeah, I am. And I think there's time for nurturing yourself and chilling out and hunkering down and just looking within to re energize yourself. But why I wanted to discuss this topic is probably right at the start of the pandemic when people were like in shock and starting to panic. Um, I also noticed as an entrepreneur a spate of my entrepreneurial friends and peers who were all jumping online and throwing throwing stuff out there offers and programs and courses and discounts and this and that. And, um, and I get it because they're being entrepreneurial. They're taking the situation, making the most of it. They're wanting to show up and serve and help, but they're also wanting to make some income and they're trying to look at the opportunities and how to capitalize on it in the best way. I think most Mm -hmm. did it tastefully. Some did it not so tastefully. And I think um, preyed on people a little too, too much, which was really sad to see. But on the whole, people were like, trying to think opportunistically and see how they could make it a win-win um and what it did is it kind of just it really repelled me in many ways because I thought why are people discounting things that are super valuable why are they assuming that people have no money within a week of a pandemic and I want to come back to that because I know many people were hit hard I know many businesses lost much or all of their revenue I know people lost jobs and income and then there's also millions of people around the world who were still in well-paid jobs, who were working from home, who now suddenly had nowhere to spend their money, no entertainment to go out, all these things, who were actually looking for solutions. They wanted to learn. They wanted to buy things. They wanted to support businesses. They wanted to continue helping the economy. And I just—I feel like people reacted rather Mm -hmm. than being proactive and coming back to their why in their business, looking at what their plan was for the year and where they needed to maybe pivoting, but where they didn't need to doubling down on the things that were working and using this time as a time to stop the things that weren't. And that to me is about being strategic and proactive in what you can do. So I also got caught up in it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I could offer this and this. I'm sure you did too. You know, I think there was a genuine need to look at what exists right now and how can I serve people maybe in a way that meets them where they are, but not to drop everything that you know that you do well and how you turn up and how you show up and how you help people to make a quick buck or to put something out there because you're panicking.
0: And And I think because so many of us have been told, you know, we need to pivot, you need to pivot right now. And I think a lot of people are are pivoting, but from what you are saying, it sounds like, one of the keys to hold on to while we pivot is to stay true to our values and our big picture and the why, because mm-hmm. I know certainly yeah, I've, I've, I guess, responded by creating new presentations that I never used to do before. And obviously I've been only delivering those online rather than in person and, you know, had to grieve the loss of all of the speaking bookings and whatnot. So it's responding. So I'm really thinking for myself as you're sharing this, how much have I reacted? How much have I responded? So tell me about, I know you mentioned values being really key. How does that play a part in this? So I think what stopped me from
1: doing that react, because I was going crazy with ideas and all these things that I could reignite, courses that were long laps, that I could refresh and all the stuff that I knew would help people. Um, And I actually just sat back and and said to myself, "No, no, wait a minute, Nat, what are the values behind your business? And what is the mission? that you Mm -hmm. so clearly stated at the start of this year. And my mission is to help 1000 women earn 10 K a month and contribute 1% to a cause of charity that they love. So it was very Mm -hmm. clear for me. It was very tangible. It was much more metrics focused than normal because 10 K a month is a lot for a lot of people and it gives you financial independence. It gives you um, lifestyle independence and it gives you, I think the confidence and mindset independence that we need. So Mm -hmm. Once I sat back and I like I wrote it up on my whiteboard that's just over there and I once I looked at that I was like right so all the offers that you've been thinking about are all for newbies people starting out um, which is lovely and I've served those people for years and I love them but my focus is on women who are in business are established are already earning several thousand per month and want to grow to the next level so me coming Mm -hmm. up with all sorts of offerings for the newbies is not being true to my mission and it's not being true to the people that I want to help most. And the Mm -hmm. reason I want to help the most is because they have the most power to help those people starting out. Um, And the minute I reflected on that, I just stopped everything. Mm -hmm. I took a deep breath and I was like, what were you going to do before all this hit, which was a membership. And I was like, right, get back into making it the best possible membership that will serve and meet people right now where they are. And that people can afford, but is also worth what it is. So um, it was a really good, it was like a slap to myself to just take a <laughs> breath and come back to what you know is best practice.
0: Yeah. And I guess for everyone listening in, we can apply this for ourselves as well. And it's a really good, I feel like it's like turning the mirror on yourself to go, okay, what have you actually been doing to inlining? I think it's what you see that you want to achieve. That's so powerful, hugely powerful. And I think the challenge is that so often, and and I know I've seen this in a lot of entrepreneurs starting out, is that they feel they want to help everyone or you feel like you don't want to niche down because you just want to be able to help so many people. But the power of being able to niche down and be the best of the best at helping this group means that you can do such a better job of it, can't you? Rather than trying to be all things to all people, which you end up doing nothing well. So I love that. So well put. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to people that are listening in that are, perhaps thinking, oh, I might have been a little bit reactive. What do you think we should do now if we're in that situation?
1: Yeah, I think it's natural that you have wanted to do that. So I just want to first say, show yourself a bit of compassion because it's easy to get caught up in the excitement and the scarcity um, and the fear. Um, But now it's really a place of coming back to Um, as I said sort of before, what has been working for you and how can you show up and do more of that? And then also, what can you now release that wasn't working or will no longer work in this climate or in the way in which we're, you know, forced to sort of work online and be online that you can drop? And what does that make room for that maybe you've been harboring a desire for for a long time or wanting to create and you've had excuse after excuse of I don't have time because I'm doing all these other things. So
0: Mm -hmm. I think it's
1: really good to actually just take stock And I usually do that through a combination of um, my gut feel on things, but also analytics and metrics that show me the return on investment, what has been working and reaching out and asking people where they're at. So I think, you know, that Lauren, you and I do a lot of that is simply asking people, where are you at right now? What's your biggest challenge when it comes to X, which should be the area which you're in? And how can I help? And I've just done a lot of personal outreach. I've done emails just asking people to hit reply and tell me so. Um, and that gives me a really good understanding and perspective of where people are at versus where I think they might be at. And it's dangerous to sit in assumption. So yes. when I'm in my gratitude bubble, it's very easy for me to assume, you know, that other people are in a similar space and I know they're not. So I just, I ask and then I let them tell me and mm-hmm. then I know, okay, great based on that indication of where people are at this is the feeling this is the sentiment this is how I best think I can serve and maybe Mm -hmm. it's staying true to what I was doing or maybe it's a slight pivot as you say and maybe the ideas that you've already come up with are great you just need to take a breather and just reflect and then you know go Mm -hmm. ahead with what you were going to do I just want people to be coming from a space of proactiveness rather than reactiveness.
0: Yeah. And so I guess if people have got a whole lot of ideas, it's perhaps a case of sitting down, taking time to reflect on their vision, their mission, or perhaps if they haven't actually got that clear to do that, that's always step number one. You know, know your why, know what it is that you really want to achieve and how you picture that looking, how you want that to fit within your life and lifestyle. And then think, what are the offerings I'm actually going to build within this? I love what you said about asking people for what they want. Because I know that's certainly what's usually for me. And one example of that was a few years ago, I just put out a single question survey to my online community saying, if you could ask me one thing, what would it be? And I had hundreds of replies, but I had dozens of people that said almost word for word, how is it, Lauren, that you manage the juggle between life and work and kids? And because there were so many people that almost said it word for word, it really you know, stood out to me. And so I brainstormed all of the things that I do and I essentially ended up creating what is now my overcome the overwhelm Which has been really effective, really popular, but most of all, hugely life changing for people. And it was really formed out of that question. So, to people listening in, can you give some specific ideas of ways that they can ask and outreach to their communities? Is it through surveys or do you do it in other ways?
1: Yeah, and I love that question. That's a really goodie. Um, So, what I love is using either Google Forms, which I know you use, it's free. Um, My favourite is Typeform, and you can have a free version of it, but it's just the interface is clean and sexy and lovely. So I use that. Um, it's great. And there is also Survey Monkey, etc. But I think whatever it may be, even the hit reply and tell me, the answer to this question is really easy. And you won't, don't worry, even if you have a big list, you won't get hundreds of people reply. Well, you might, but it's lovely. It's absolute gold nuggets. And I think the question that does work so well, and I've, I've looked at this through Ryan Lebeck's ask method, is to ask the one question, which is, what is your single biggest challenge or struggle right now when it comes to, so if you're a health coach, it'd be to um, feeling healthy or um, your energy levels. Uh, If you were a singing teacher, for example, or a music coach, it might be related to turning up to create music. Um, If you're a speaking coach, you know, it might be what's your single biggest struggle to be able to speak now that we're in lockdown, for example, because the more specific you can be on that, the less likely you are to get questions that range from anything and everything. And I made this mistake recently. I did it on purpose, but I said, what's your single biggest struggle right now? And I got the most wide array of answers. A lot of them were business and lifestyle focused, but there were just some random ones that I was like, it wasn't a great question because now I don't know what to do with that answer. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's a really good one to ask. Um, the other one that I've seen people do is just how can I best serve you right now? Or Mm. what is the, you know, the single biggest problem that you're facing in X right now? Um, Just allow people and keep it open-ended allows people to really let you in. And often what they tell you is a much greater insight into how they're really feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing you can ask, which is different to what are your experiences? How are you feeling about X? Because I love that because that's really true and insightful to what they're going through in their head and their heart
0: and their mind. Mm -hmm. yeah and if you can picture how people are feeling and what their biggest challenges are then you can actually design what you're offered to really serve them because sometimes you might have it almost right but you're just not quite hitting the mark and so you're not really serving people in the best way that you can yeah Yeah. fantastic i know that you are also huge on your success rituals and just your self-management and self-leadership so do you want to share a bit about rituals and routines and how they play a part in this natalie I'd love to. Um, as a freedom lover, I've learned over the years that
1: discipline leads to more freedom and discipline often comes from having structure and rituals, despite as much as I wanted to resist that early on. Um, and I'm actually, I have to say, I'm quite proud of myself during this because I developed new rituals during lockdown, which mm-hmm. I know will carry on. And one of those is since the beginning of the year, January 1st, I've been doing daily yoga to date of missed six days total Um, and I chose to miss those days or there were just circumstances that just meant it was pretty tough um, like traveling Um, and that served me super well but what I decided to do was turn it into a very lovely power hour or morning ritual for me which is first thing get up and do some yoga uh, 20 to 30 minutes into journaling and then a short meditation just 10 minutes. Um, The hour goes by like that and it is all mine it's selfishly all mine and it sets my intention for the rest of the day um and then i i love the idea of habit stacking which i learned from james clear which is start with just one thing, right? Like it might be that you drink your lemon water in the morning, or it might be that you just do you know, some press-ups or you're so good with this, the snack on exercise. Um, But from there, you layer on one other habit. And that might be after the first Mm -hmm. week. And that might be that after you've done your snack on exercise, you drink your water and you take your supplements. And that after you've got that right, you then do X. So um, by week two, I'd lay it in into my calendar block planning session for just 15 minutes after that so that I know and feel really confident about the day ahead. Um, And I'm writing my book right now, so the next thing that I added in was a writing session of just half an hour writing every single day. I've now switched that to the afternoon, but I was playing around to see what worked with my energy. Um, And so in addition to that little morning routine, calendar blocking, which has always been my friend, has become my best friend during this last five to six weeks. I think actually when you've got more time technically than ever and less structure and you're not going out for all these things, it's too easy to either work too much or to squander your time. So the more mm-hmm. structure and routine you put into a day, um, the more it's going to help you to feel like you gave a break and time out and family time and exercise time. Just bake it into your day. And I think you need yes. that more than ever, especially if you're
0: not used to working from home and with all these people around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so great. And I can yeah, I can pick up on a couple of those things. One is I am a huge fan of the morning routine as well, and I was really inspired by seeing what you do, Natalie. And just for those of you that perhaps listening and like me have young children or you feel like, oh, I could never grab an hour in the morning, what I would say to you is even if you can just put on your favourite song and just for four minutes of that song – do something just for you that's my morning routine starts with just something for four minutes movement Mm. and breathing and gratitude and setting intention and then i actually go to do go and have my lemon water and get into what i call my power hour which is my focused first hour of the day when i get a whole lot done and at the moment my husband's in charge of the kids so we're kind of tag teaming that (laughs) and that's just hugely hugely powerful and then the other thing that i agree as well is scheduling those blocks of time because yeah, we have, one, we've needed to structure it in terms of bandwidth, internet usage, kids online schooling, our, our work and, and workspace sharing, but it's just so powerful because we know that principle that work expands to fill the time available. So if you just sort of think, oh, I've got eight hours today, I'm going to get lots done, you'll feel like you just squander that time. I think to use that word squander it away and you don't know where it's gone. Whereas if you can do those short Pomodoro techniques and, and real short bursts of focus work and then have what I call my non-negotiables which for me my top non-negotiable is to get outdoors for at least 20 to 30 minutes and go for a walk or a run or a bike ride during the sunlight hours and normally for me that's between four and five so that I can look forward to that and make sure I get it in every day yeah anything else that you've got as a non-negotiable during your day that's working for you Natalie?
1: Yeah, it's, it's taken a lot of discipline. I don't always get it right, but it's just not picking up my phone until at least 11am. I mean, aside from Mm -hmm. having it on airplane mode and having the nice morning alarm. um, After that, I often just leave it by my bed and I come to my office slash bedroom. That's now my office. um, And I just don't touch it because the minute I go down that rabbit hole. It's like, I mean, I can extract myself from it, but I just don't even need to go there. So it's like removing the influences and the distractions just makes it so much easier to just not think about them. And then Mm -hmm. it starts to become, oh, where's my phone? Like, forgot about it, which is a lovely place to get to. Um, And I think that if you're a disciplined person and you're good with that, then you may not need to do that. But I do think for people who are just addicted because that's the way they're designed for the apps, um, to just put in drastic measures
0: until such time that it's more habitual and you don't rely on it. Mm, fantastic yeah I think these are all key habits that will help underpin success for anyone listening in really but particularly for entrepreneurs who are thinking how can I be proactive right now I want to look back to we talked briefly about the values and lining things up with that so if people are listening in and they haven't really got clear on that can you give some hints for someone just starting out to try and figure out how they clarify and define what their vision or their mission or their values are
1: I was I'm so glad you asked I was literally writing a chapter in my book about this today Um, Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite people who I think you know obviously as well is Simon Sinek who wrote the book Start With Why and it just was really neat to come back to the questions that you answer yourself is how do I want to contribute and what impact do I want to make and I think it's a very simple formula to go okay well I want to contribute to people's lives who have this issue or this problem and the impact I want to make is X and it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. world changing. It could be that, you know what, I want to contribute to local mums in the um, Hutt City area who are just simply not coping with Um, homeschooling, for example, and I want to make an impact by doing short videos online that they can watch every morning that will help them set up the day for homeschooling with the kids, just as an example. Um, And I just, I really like it because it means every day you wake up, the more you live and breathe that, and the more you start to make a difference and see the help and know that that's within your capability and resources, the more that'll expand and ripple out. And then it might be, I want to help, you know, all women in New Zealand do this. But initially, I just think starting really small but understanding how can I can contribute and what impact can I make is a really nice formula to, to write out. Um, mm-hmm. And then play with it and see how it sits and refine it, test it, say it out loud, talk to people about it. And if you see them going, oh, tell me more, it's going to yes. make you want to do more with it, right? And it's a ripple effect. It's a, it's a really beautiful ripple effect.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And I think for anyone that hasn't already watched Simon Sinek's TED Talk, his talk is How Great Leaders Inspire Action, and he talks about how to start with why in the golden circle. And it's so powerful when you know why you do what you do that you can then communicate that and people will go, oh, wow, I want to get on board with that. And then you just share how and what it is you actually do. But you need to start with communicating that why and, of course, figuring out what it is. So I encourage you all to go and listen into that TED Talk and potentially read his book, Start With Why. He's so also a great almost, speaker, and he's quite a good looker. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> he's say. really just he's just really got a powerful way of communicating, and mm. yeah, fantastic storyteller. Yeah, yeah. So Nellie, we're almost out of time, but I'd just love to hear from you. Actually, first of all, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more or get some help with you with their entrepreneurial journey? Oh, so they can come across to nataliesison dot com,
1: and actually on my website I have this really awesome free audio guide and workbook to understand how to monetize you and get paid to be you. So nine ways. To do that um, and I'd also just love it if you want to say hi at Natalie just on Instagram Twitter just shout out and say that you um, watched Lauren and I really love that and start a conversation
0: fantastic yeah make sure you head over to the thrivetvshow.com where all the links will be down below as well if you listen to us on Spotify or on iTunes make sure you head over there you can see the video version and also get all of the links and resources as well so I just want to finish off with one more question Natalie and that is if you could say one more thing To anyone listening in that is a business person, that's an entrepreneur right now, wondering what to do during this pandemic or perhaps post-COVID-19, what would you share with them as some final words?
1: I'd actually really love them to just trust themselves and ask the question, what do I feel and how do I feel right now and how do I want to show up? Um, Because I think we have to be most kind and compassionate to ourselves right now. And I do think that if we listen, whether you're a a heart-based person or a gut based person or thought-based, just asking how do you feel and how do you want to show up is really powerful because your body doesn't lie, your mind doesn't lie. And the energy that you get from that will probably be pretty illuminating if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or panicky or reactive. Um, Just give yourself that space and time to ask it because I feel like this is going to be a long road to recovery. And so it's important that you what you do and you build now builds resilience
0: in your business for the future, step by step. Absolutely. This is definitely a marathon and not a sprint. And I think even if people feel like, oh gosh, I've been reacting and I've kind of gone off course, coming back to your true why right now or as soon as you can will be really powerful. So thank you again, Nelly. Thank for you for all your time and insights. It's been fantastic having you with us. Thanks to everyone for connecting and listening in. This has been another episode of The Thrive TV Show. Go out and thrive. Thank you for listening to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit ThriveTVShow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.